Thanks for listening to the Roman Circus Podcast, a current 12-day dive into the wonder and amazement of the Christmas season. I'm Matt Baker, and with me as always is Zach Ebenezer Mabry. Zach, we got day two, two turtle doves, and here to help us explain the turtle doves, which are the Old and New Testament, is one half of Internet's most famous priest podcast, clerically speaking. <laughs> pastor <laughs> pastor of Holy Family and Notre Dame in British Columbia, which is in Canada. Father Harrison. Which is Ayer. a real country. And it, it is, is a real country, despite what Father Anthony says. No, it's a very real country. The only time I've been to Canada is British Columbia, so I can confirm mm. its existence. You chose the best part. Yeah, well... I've only been to Alberta. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no. Hey, I was Alberta-bound. Wh- why, why were you in Alberta? Uh, it was for an internship. Oh. So I was... I was uh, it was back when my, I was a external auditor, and I was working on some oil and gas clients. Gotcha. Where, mm, fun times. Where, where in Alberta? Calgary. Okay. Those dirty, yeah. dirty flames, am I right, Father Harrison? That's right. That's right. Go Canucks. Go Canucks. Now, uh, before we get going, a small matter we have to clear up is Zach and I on the podcast have professed our love for Tim Hortons before. I just, okay. I know, if you would, if you want to end this podcast now, we can just say it's been a good <laughs> minute and a half. Anathema sit. <laughs> yeah. What's uh? Wait. What, what do you have against Tim Hortons? Their coffee is disgusting. It tastes like burnt cigarette butts, and their donuts used to be good. When I was in high school, they actually would make the donuts in the back. Now they just send them prepackaged to the shops, and they're all plasticky and everything. It's not as good as it once was. Father Harrison, are you saying capitalism kills everything? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> Even Timbits? Even Timbits. I've just I've had better donuts now. I, Interesting. I, ha- I, I have a Tim Hortons where? two blocks from me, and I have not stepped in there once. And I've been here for almost a year. Okay. Wow. Yeah. All right. That's right. What's the donut place in L.A.? Oh, Win- that's cool. Winchell's or Krispy Kreme? Yes, Winchell's. Winchell's. No, Winchell's. Yeah, we have Krispy Kreme everywhere, but Winchell's is... Well, yeah, Bug and I once went there, and I was doing... I was, like, having to do taxes, and he was, like, writing a movie. Um, <laughs> and we, we were at Winchell's for, like, a few hours. That's okay. Yeah, you you and the homeless people. That's such a good story. There were, there were. I think Bug paid for one of them, and I was like, "Man, you're encouraging this," but that's charity, you know. That's charity. Yeah. What a nice guy. <laughs> All right, so we're here. We're on the second day of the Christmas season, day two, that's two right. turtle doves. So it uh, again, as we explained, that uh, these we're not sure if these are actual truths that. These are what, like, what did you say in the first episode, Zach? Like, they're, these all correlate with something in Catholicism. We're not sure if it's actually true, but we like it. Right. The yeah, idea yeah. is that, you know, the 12 days of Christmas was a, a, a sort of secret code for English Catholics under persecution, um, with each day having a meaning. And then it turns out that could be fake, but it's cool, <laughs> so we're going with it. <laughs> do, you, what do, do you want to weigh in on this, Father? Is it, is it real? Is it fake? I have no idea. But I think it's a fun idea anyways, so why not? We, Catholics love See? numbers, right? So one God, two natures, three persons. Keep going, keep four going. Gosp- four okay. Gospels, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think what would five stand for here. There's uh, okay. r- there's 
I have it here somewhere. It's like relations oh. is one of them, I think, right? Okay. It's uh huh? Oh, like it's the five relations of the Trinity or something like that? One God, two operations, three persons, four relations, five notions. Huh. Yeah. But that's... Wow. Six days of creation, right? Seven, uh, you got sacraments. Uh, seven sacraments, and then uh, eight, eight is the eighth day, the resurrection. Right. And so on. You know, you can, we love numbers. We love numbers. We do. All right. So the Old and New Testament... Um, Basically, what I wanted to talk about, we talked about this a little bit before, is it was it was pretty spectacular to me when I learned, really, that the Old and New Testament kind of worked together and the New was the fulfilling of the Old. So, yeah. growing up in religion classes, we didn't... we, You know, I understand the idea that you can't get into too hardcore theology with kids, but on a certain level, I think there's a lot of great stuff they should be teaching, obviously. Um mm-hmm. Where, when did you find? When did you kind of realize? When did you come to this that the old and the new worked together, and that there were that the new fulfilled a lot of the prophecies? And I know it's kind of a, a big question, but I, I guess I could say I, I've had kind of three stages with it, right? Like I didn't grow up going to church, so that never really was anything that ever crossed my mind at all, right? Um, but after my conversion, you start reading up on things and you start learning about the faith and everything, and so that would be like kind of stage one where I just kind of. You just kind of start learning about it through stuff like RCIA or, or through adult education and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Then um, second stage would definitely be when I was in seminary with my theological training. Um, but I would say I've gone through kind of like a third stage in the last year where mm-hmm. I've really come to appreciate how God's grace works retroactively through the Old Testament, right? Um, if Christ is the center then that means all that works through Christ is uh, it goes back retroactively. Like God's grace is already at work through Eve and, and, and through the history of Israel. But that's all coming through Christ. And so if it's coming through Christ, that means that he's going to live, leave an imprint with it in the Old Testament. And I've been really coming to really appreciate that in the last year. I've been reading a lot more church fathers and reading their homilies and stuff like that mm-hmm. um, on all this. And just starting to see that typology is not just a nice little neat thing about the church. It's actually essential to the way we work. I mean, it's in the liturgy, right? It, it's it's every Sunday that that first reading already always is meant to be an interpretive key to understanding the gospel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it makes sense too with the idea of uh, God being outside of time and space and having to hold everything in existence, right? Mm-hmm. So, so it's not like the, it's not like a certain God was present. Well, we always, we always like here. Obviously, people are always like, well, the God of the Old Testament is so vengeful, and the God of the New Testament Ugh. is this and that, right? It's the same God, people. Yeah, like it's, it's the same God. It, yeah, like he holds everything in existence in all time, so he has to be yeah. working this whole the whole through through yeah. everything. Exactly, and. If we deny the Old Testament, that's Marcionism, and that's a heresy. Oh, man. we Hey, Father, I don't know if you know about us. We do not like heresies on this podcast. Oh, well, then why did you have a guy named Harrison on? Oh, whoa. Harrison is fine. Heresy. Oh, okay. Okay. It's, 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 okay. Yeah, it's okay. nuanced. Okay. It's very oh, nuanced. I didn't see the nuance. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah you, you didn't. If you look quickly, you won't. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so that that's... I don't know why we're taught it. It makes sense why we're taught 
of them separately because I mean they are they are very much separate things. But again, it gets. I remember a few years ago getting into kind of a thing with a buddy about the idea of taking the Bible literally, and how mm-hmm. I was try how I was trying through my, you know, my risen voice and my heightened emotion to say. Like we take it literally as an entire dot, like and it's the entire thing. We don't take it literally. Mm-hmm. We don't take like the Old Testament like kind of literally, but the New Testament more literally. Like the it's we take it literally as the document, right? Right. And within right. there, within there are parables, and within there the stories and the teachings and things of that nature. Um, right. So it so really that would just strengthen the idea that I mean it all it all works together. It, right, exactly. And you can you can psych yourself out so much by thinking of God as vengeful God or as God as loving God, right? And people and you can use that people use that to their own selfish means, right? Like they they yeah. deny they deny the Old Testament because New Testament Jesus is just so friendly in their eyes. <laughs> right. Uh yeah. Right. There's like that mean old testament God and then the you know you know, the new friendly squishy god in the in the the new Testament, buddy christ yeah yeah and you always have to remind people you're like you know from from all eternity god uh he already knows everything and he hasn't forgotten anything and he's not learning anything yeah so exactly And, and it's for me too it's when you're approaching both testaments you have to uh if you if you pit the old against the new then jesus doesn't make sense oh right Right, and I think, yeah. I mean, everything about the prophecies that he fulfills, everything about his preaching and teaching about the kingdom, everything about him about the new Israel. Uh, I mean, the whole book of Revelation is talking about how the church is the new Israel, etc. Mm-hmm. You could just go on and on and on and on and on about how if you take away the Old Testament, you're you're actually impoverishing and and um, neutering the New Testament, and it's it's. And Jesus always, I mean, this is my favorite phrase of Jesus is, right? Uh, is, I have not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. Fulfill it, yeah. And, um, and that Jesus says to his disciples, unless you're, unless you're, uh, what was it? Oh my gosh, my brain just went totally blank. Uh, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, right? He's not, he's saying, you guys actually have to be, you actually have to work harder at, at these things than the scribes and Pharisees do, and those guys work really hard yeah. at, at being righteous. And he's right. saying, no, 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 you got to be even. You have to be even more hardcore than that. And I'm like, and he's saying you have to just internalize the law, right? That the law mm-hmm. was lived out in a literal way, but now it has to be internalized as well. It's, it doesn't, but it doesn't negate the external factor of it. Right. Yeah. It's all. It, it, yeah. That's interesting. A lot of times people just make blanket condemnations of the Pharisees, like everything about them was bad. Right. And then you notice that our, our Lord doesn't do that in Scripture. No. Exactly. He he says they're on the right path, but his his problem is that they don't go far enough. That that's his criticism. Uh, he he's saying he's he's approving, if you will, of some of the a lot of stuff they do, but he says do more, go further, intensify. Okay. Right. Yeah, that's what that's what we got to do. Never, never stop, never stopping. I think is a famous right. famous man once said. <laughs> what? So the <laughs> the big, I mean, the biggest thing about 
using using them both together is I mean the mass itself, the sacrifice of the mass. Because it, mm-hmm. I I was sitting sitting at a buddy's and um, he basically he's like, all right, do you guys? Do you, there are a few of us there. He's like, hey, do, uh, are you guys interested in hearing about how the sacrifice of the mass is identical based to the Passover and all the links to the Passover? And he just broke it down for us, and I I almost couldn't talk afterwards. It had it. That was one of the defining moments in getting me to mm. respect the Eucharist more and respect the actual right. uh, the actual sacrifice because it, it is when you look at all the correlations between what the Jews did with the Passover and what uh, what happens at Mass every day, every hour basically, right? You know, multiple times. Yeah. It's just it's so mind blowing and it just puts everything into perspective of, and it also helps. Uh, the I did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. Like just taking the Passover to the new Passover, right? Yeah. And it's it's just all these things that just it 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 just helps us understand our faith and helps us. And don't I'm, I'm sorry to say it, phrase it this way, Father, but help us sit in the pews every day or every week and and not be bored and not and actually yeah, exactly. understand what is going on because obviously no one has ever been bored at a Father Harrison Mass before. I will I'll say. Oh but, my gosh. Uh, I'm sure there are. Trust me. No, no, never. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so that that for me, yeah. that was that was one of those things. Where like, oh man, this yeah. old this Old Testament thing is is legit. It, it's not just something to be thrown away. Yeah, I I had a actually had an interesting experience this year where uh, my religious ed coordinator, who's really awesome, actually she she knows her faith really well, but she didn't really understand until we did the Bishop Barron course on the mass, the connection between the sac, like you were saying, the sacrifice of the lamb and the mm. Passover meal in the old Testament and, and the connection between that and the lamb in the new Testament. And, and she was just flabbergasted by this. She goes, Oh my gosh, that's like even like it just intensified her love for the Eucharist even more. And, and she was so amazed by this. And I think it's like the, the, I mean, you're right. We want to do as much as we can to help people understand these things. Mm-hmm. The your barrier is always going to be there's a lot of people who sit in the pews who may not um, care to understand. Right, and you only Unfor- you unfortunately you being <laughs> you being the priest only have so much time every Sunday to like you, you don't yep. you can't break into like a ninety minute homily breaking down the intricacies of all this. Oh man, but, I wish I could. I love. I would love to do that. <laughs> oh yeah, it would be so great. Plus, it just it just brings the sacrifice. Like it makes Christ an actual sacrifice, as opposed to exactly like, as opposed to um, I don't know, just a, a guy who did a thing, right? It actually exactly it actually becomes like, oh man, this is like he took on all of our sin. Like that's the other thing, like keeping the sins upon the 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 victim and all that, and it it just yeah, it's. This is this is where I'm going to probably stutter and stammer a lot because I can't find the words for what I think it is. But it's awesome. That's what I'll say. Is it's, it's awesome. awesome. Amen. Amen. Yeah, Zach, do you think it's awesome? I think it is. Okay, awesome. thank you. <laughs> thank you for confirming. That. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, what about hey, Zach from the from the converts' point of view? What do you got as far as uh, when did you? figure out about the old and new i mean you had a little protestant upbringing so did you know about it then um no i mean i i definitely knew a lot of the stories from the bible and knew you know lessons you could take from each one individually but seeing how it all fit together um 
no, I mean, I don't think I really understood that until I'd been Catholic for a little while. Um, there was actually a book I discovered. Um, it was one of the free Lighthouse Catholic Media books in the back of my parish called um, Bible Basics for Catholics. And I read it, and it finally through that, like, it, it made sense what was going on in the Bible. It kind of, it steps through, you know, each of the covenants that that God made with man Um, you know, starting with just Adam and Eve in the garden and then leading up to, you know, the Eucharistic covenant uh, with our Lord for all of humanity and how, you know, each covenant expanded the circle a bit wider um, and, and, you know, brought more people into kind of the, into the family, you know, starting from, you know, literally a family Mm -hmm. to, you know, a, a people, to a kingdom, finally to the whole world. I don't really think it made sense until I read that book, how it all fit together. I mean, before that I could see that, you know, okay, yeah, you can learn from, you know, you can learn this virtue from this story and that virtue from that story. I didn't really see, yeah, like the, the theme of all of them. That's by Dr. John Bergsma. Is that who that is? I looked it up. Um, I think so. Okay, we'll go with that. You know, uh, Zach makes an interesting point too. I think there's something Bishop Barron's been really kind of pushing more lately and starting to see its importance too that we need to kind of rediscover the whole story of salvation and see how our history is a part of that story but that you can only come to understand your story when you understand the whole history and people that you come from and that and especially too like with especially with the old testament like the church sees herself always in kind of a um what's the word like in a like kind of like in a bit of a like in a seed way in the old testament Mm -hmm. and so but we're part of that story and who we are today as a church is very much rooted in what happened in israel 2500 years ago and that when like this is something the church understood intuitively for 1500 years and we kind of lost it unfortunately well it's oh sorry father no go ahead go ahead go ahead i I was gonna make a crass comparison that it's like our 23 and me right everyone's so so obsessed with finding out their their family history and their family tree that yeah. as far as our faith goes, like you can't throw away the or the the family tree of our faith. Exactly. Exactly. And, and for the Christian, who your identity is always rooted in your history, mm-hmm. right? Like, I mean, there's a reason the genealogies are in the New Testament. Exactly. Um, right? That's how that's how you knew that you were following in the line of the true God, right? Because exactly. you're following that genealogy. Exactly. So all these things, it's just it's. Um, I mean, you could literally talk for hours on all this stuff because it, it's if you if you take away the Old Testament, you don't have a New Testament. Yeah, that it's just the Testament. It's just the Testament, <laughs> exactly. exactly. Sorry, that was lame. <laughs> so, so you're saying, Father, that you recommend the Old Testament and the New Testament? Absolutely. And if you want to understand the New Testament more, read more of the Old Testament. Oh wow! Yeah. No, it makes total sense. Yeah. Do you have a favorite translation? Um, probably the um, probably the RSV hey, is, on, is is the one I use. Like I use Ignatius Press's RSV usually. Actually, on our podcast, you have to say the Douay Reims or the Ronald Knox. <laughs> um, just kidding. I pretty, just kidding. I, pretty, so I can say whatever I want. Okay. That's true. That's true. I, I run a podcast called Clerically Speaking, so I'm all about clericalism. Yeah. Yeah, we did our episode speaking clerically. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
clericalism and integralism, two words that I know are words that I don't know what they mean. So, okay. I'm just a big, I'm just a big dumbo. Don't get me started on integralism. (laughs) That'll be, that'll be next year for the 12 days of Christmas. We'll have you on to talk about that. All right. (laughs) So Father Harrison, you're on Twitter at, are you at Father Harrison? Yep. Yeah, at F.R. Harrison. At F.R. Harrison. He yeah. is one half, like we said, of the amazing the world, the podcast that took the Catholic world by storm, clerically well, speaking. Well, the Catholic Twitter world. The Catholic Twitter world. Let's just, let's, let's, let's not say the Catholic world. Father, there's, there, there's other, there's no, Catholic there's no. you should know is much bigger than we are. Yeah, but they're not on Twitter mixing it up with the fools every day. That's true. That's Maybe. True. Maybe they're better yeah. for they're it. They're probably too busy building gingerbread houses. Yeah. Well, it's like the same thing with how Matt Frad <laughs> Matt, Matt Frad doesn't Matt Frad doesn't get involved in Twitter because he's just like I have too much stuff going on. Yeah. I'm like yeah, whatever. Yeah. All right. We just take on the smell of the sheep. What was that? We just take on the smell of the sheep. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks, Father Harrison. Thanks for coming no on. Problem, check guys. out check out Thanks the podcast. Follow him on Twitter. He's a great follow and a great priest and one day we will go to one of his masses awesome we'll we'll go to in and out together oh yeah that too we can yes thanks for joining us and uh and merry christmas merry christmas yeah merry christmas gang all right we'll see you tomorrow with day three oh and also uh i we don't have enough time for tommy ty today so uh we'll (laughs) we'll get to him next time (laughs) 